Hey, this is Ken Finnan at Capital Advantage Tutoring, and it's my job to get you past the Series 7 exam. So tonight, we're talking about tonight, it's 11.57 at night. Oh, my God. I'm going to finish tomorrow. Or is that today? I don't know. Um, we'll talk about retirement accounts, okay? So if you just want to hang out in the house and do nothing all day, or maybe even just get back to nature, or my favorite, and just get on a beach and never freaking see snow ever again. I just want to read about the snow. I don't want to live in it. I've been there too long. So I'm going to keep this background for a little bit because it just makes me feel good. and makes me want to go somewhere and do this. So retirement accounts, right? So you're working, working, working. You want to make sure that when you get older, you have something to live on. And that's what I tell everyone. Everyone who's young is 21, 22, dump the freaking money. I mean, if even if you just do a basic 10% return, which is about average, even a little less, if you start at 21, 22, dumping five or six grand into an IRA, a Roth IRA, even better, which I have videos on, um, imagine, you understand, if you put five grand into an account when you're 21, if you never touch it again, but you leave it invested in the market and it earns around 10% a year, that's about the average for a while. That's crooked again. Always is. Must be my head is crooked. Um, that will be hundreds. I mean, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars by the time you're 70. I know that 70 seems a long time, but imagine dropping six grand into an account right now at 21, 22, and then investing it and then leaving it there. Imagine a Roth. You wouldn't pay any taxes on it either without doing another thing, not contributing, not doing it again. You're talking five, six, seven hundred grand for doing nothing. We're just being smart now. Okay. So let's get into the whole retirement thing. So qualified okay qualified retirement accounts are again geez it's like i can't even i am just a crooked man oh let me go um there's qualified and non-qualified so qualified retirement accounts are covered by erisa they had their corporate retirement plans we're talking about 401ks sep iras keos pension plans 403b profit sharing simple uh, simple simple plans and ESOPs, okay? So those are all qualified plans, which means they're covered, they're corporate plans pretty much, and they're and the ERISA, ERISA, Employee Retirement Income Security Act, wrote rules against them, for them, not against them. And they are, again, by a corporation, and there's a lot of rules there to protect the employees. So prior to the, the ERISA coming out in the 70s, basically there were no rules. So all of their retirement accounts were held in-house and then if the firm was in trouble, all of a sudden there was no money for you. You're expecting a nice little pension. And they go, well, here's your gold watch and have fun and try to live off tuna fish and cat food for their children. Um, so ERISA writes the rules for retirement, for these, for these retirement qualified plans. But the IRS and the Department of Labor enforce. So they make sure that you, you're doing the right thing. You put enough money aside and all that stuff. So let's get into it a little bit. Okay. So if it's ERISA qualified, that means it's sponsored by a corporation, there's certain things it can't do. It can't discriminate, which means if you give it to one employee full time, I have to look to see if the 21, it used to be 21. I think it's changing, but not testable. So you have to, if you, if you give it to one person, you have to give it to every, you have to at least offer it to everyone that works for you. Okay. You don't have to do retirement plans, but if you do a qualified plan, because as an employer, you get certain deductions for doing this. If you put, set up a qualified plan, you can't discriminate. So anyone who's full-time or at least works 1,000 hours a year and over 21. The age thing we'll come back on. I'll figure out at some point. But it'll be on the video, so it's stuck. But as of right now, there's probably not going to be heavily testable. The big thing is you cannot discriminate. Now, 
there's two types. There's defined contribution and defined benefit. So I like to think of a defined contribution is I know what's going in, okay? I know how much money is going into the account. I say, I'm gonna contribute five grand or the company's gonna to contribute to it and I know it's going in, but I, and, and it's gonna be invested and I don't know what it's gonna be on the back end. I don't know what the growth is gonna be. You Like I said, you put in five grand when you're 21, it could be five, six, seven, 800 grand when you're older. We don't know, but you're defining what you're contributing. You don't know what the back end is, okay? That's a defined contribution in a way, 401k, SEPs, KIOs, 403Bs, profit sharing, simples, ESOPs are all defined contribution. You know it's going in. A defined benefit is you know what you're getting. So my um, my wife's grandfather, he worked for Kohler and he worked there for 30 years. And then when he retired, they said, okay, here's your paycheck. Okay, we're going to pay you this every month until you die. So he didn't know what they were putting in for them. But he knew when he retired, he would go out. Okay, he, when he retired, he would get paid for life. They're defining what he's getting. Better example, my buddy is an iron worker. He's been there 12 years now. He's, he was on the stock exchange with me and we all had 401ks and stuff like that. But what happens, they tell him, okay, every year that you work for the iron working union, every year that you work, when you retire, we will pay you 200 a month. So after 20 years, they'll pay you 4,000 4, a month for the rest of his life. He does not care what they're putting in for him now. It's not defined by him. He doesn't care. The benefit is defined. The back end, what he gets on the way out, that's what's defined, okay? Oh, that breeze feels good. The breeze feels good, okay. Now, um, I like when I do the wrong side because it's all mirrored. So that's def defined contribution. You know what's going in. You don't know what the outs what's coming out. Defined benefit, you don't know what's going in, but you do know what it's going to be when you leave. I'm going to do a lot less videos on this because I do want to put it in the podcast. And check that out. Blue Collar Finance on a podcast. Hey, Google, play the last episode of Blue Collar Finance. We'll see what happens. Because sometimes if you have Hey, Google, it'll start playing the podcast. I have a lot of Series 7 stuff. See, my phone did it. Um, a lot of, I have a lot of Series 7 stuff, and I have some SIE stuff. Look at that. It's starting to play. Okay, so a couple more things about qualified stuff. Okay, I went on the defined contribution, defined benefit. Now, remember qualified plans the money goes in pre-tax which means you do not pay tax on again crooked right that means you do not pay tax on now when the money goes in so that's what pre-tax is also known as tax deductible remember pre-tax means tax deductible okay again pre-tax tax deductible they go together that means you did not pay tax on the money right now you're going to pay later so remember if it goes in pre-tax it's going to grow tax deferred. So if you put in the five grand, it's going to grow and you don't pay any taxes on it until you withdraw it. Okay. So, and then when you do pay tax, when you take it out, you will pay tax on everything. Okay. So qualified plans, the money goes in pre-tax, you pay no tax on it. It grows tax deferred. And then when you take it out, you pay tax on everything, every penny, because it's never been taxed. But the goal is, the goal is, is that you're, you're retired maybe, and you're at a lower tax bracket so it works out okay there's other ways around it roths and all that and we have videos for that but again put the money in pre-tax it grows tax deferred and then when you take it out you pay 100 percent tax on it well you pay tax on 100 percent of it i should say at your ordinary income rate remember something all retirement accounts are taxed when you take the money out it's taxed at your ordinary income rate which is your income tax rate like if you guys are young and you have no kids or anything you're probably paying 30, 25, 30, 40% of your paycheck to taxes. 
that's what you're going to be doing. But the goal is hopefully you're 65, your income is lower, you can get maybe you get some tax breaks or whatever it is, and maybe you don't have to pay as much taxes so it works out. Now, there are other rules too, which the IRS gets involved. The earliest you can take the money out is 59 and a half. You can take it out earlier, you're just going to pay a penalty. And you have to start taking it out by the time you're 72 slash 73, depending what year it is, okay? I don't know that the FINRA has, in the early 22, say the first quarter of 2022, assume that it's still at the age of 72. After that, you can probably think 73 is what they call RBD, the required beginning date, or the RMD, same thing, required minimum distribution. They're kind of the same thing. The RBD is when you have to start doing it, which is April 1st of the year after you turn 72 or 73. I'm going to say 72 the rest of the video. Just know that if they update, it's 73. So maybe I'll dub it in 73 one day if I learn how to do that. So again, when you put money in, the earliest you can take it out without a penalty is 59 and a half. The, um, the, when you must start taking it out is when you are 72 or 73, okay? And that's called RBD is the day you have to do it. RMD is how much you have to take out. You have to withdraw enough that it would, they're going to come up with a number that all of it will be distributed by the time you're supposed to die. Okay, so if you have 100 grand in there and they think you're 72, going to live to 82, I'm not even going to make it that far, um, you'll have to take out 10 grand a year. Okay, that's what you have to do. And anything will get into that. So, and they penalize you if you don't. Also, there's limits like IRAs have a six or 6,000 or 6,500, depending what year you are, money that you can put in. If you put too much in, they penalize you also. So let's get into that. If you put, if you over contribute to your plan, you pay 6% penalty every year until you take it out okay if you pull out early hmm, you pay you, know, you pay a penalty in everything just think about it if you pull out early we're gonna have a problem right so pulling out early before 59 and a half is a 10 percent penalty or a really mad never mind okay now also if you don't take it out in time at 72 they check you 50 percent okay that's changing in 2024 but right now they take if you don't take out enough money when you're supposed to on your RMD, you are going to pay a penalty of 50%, okay? Now, remember something. The 10% the penalty when you withdraw early is 10% on top of your taxes. So you're going to pay taxes. That looks like a deer back there. That looks like a dinosaur or something, right? Um, you're going to pay a 10% penalty on top of your taxes. So if you're in the 28% tax bracket and you take the money out early, you're going to pay 38% on your money. So again, over-contribute, 6%. Early withdrawal, 10%. Two, don't take it out soon enough, 50%. Now let's go through a couple. A 401k, okay? A 401k, corporate plan, usually for bigger companies, okay? And you can contribute. You can put money in and then your employer is allowed to match. They can, and, and you can put a lot. I think it's like 20 something grand around. Nobody cares about the numbers. It was 18, 19, it goes up. You can contribute and your company can match, okay? So they don't have to match. So like you can put in 10 grand, they can put in 10 grand. A lot of times they'll say, okay, the, you can put up to, you can put as much as you want in, but the company may match up to like 100% of your contributions up to 5% of your salary, whatever it is. A lot of companies don't, but some do. I mean, a lot of finance companies will match, but still like law firms don't match. They go, screw you. But again, a 401k, you put money in, pre-tax, it grows tax deferred. 
but it comes out of your paycheck, right? So all these things are going to be paycheck withdrawal stuff, okay? You're going to take the money out of your, you're going to get it out of your paycheck. What's interesting, since it goes pre-tax, remember, so you have your gross pay. If you put the money in, say you put in 500 a month and your salary is whatever. If you say, I'm going to bump it up to 600 a month, just say you could, you can't, but say, oh yeah, you can. Say you put in 600 a month, doing stupid math in my head. Say you put in 600 a month and you're up there from five to six. Because it's pre-tax, actually your paycheck going to go down by like $70, $80. Because remember, that's coming, that money is coming out before all your taxes, so you're paying less taxes. So again, you put money in a 401k, they can match or not, they don't have to, it grows tax deferred. And then when you take it out, you pay tax on everything. Each year you take it out, you're going to pay ordinary income, just like I said before. Building on that. When you put your money into the 401k, you can't just buy stocks with it. They have a list of mutual funds and ETF. I think you can do ETFs now, but it doesn't matter. You can invest in plans, okay, mutual funds. You can actually even sometimes have it, um, you know, where it's automated. Like we're going to have a lifestyle where when you're younger, it's riskier. And when you get older, it gets more and more, less and less. Now, what's interesting, and I should have mentioned this before, part of the qualification means that the company does not hold on to your money. Remember I said before, before the 70s, they could hold on to your money and they were in trouble, you got screwed. Well, here, your money is going to be held with a separate custodian. That's why a lot of you, if you don't work for Fidelity or Vanguard, you'll see that your retirement account is through Fidelity or Vanguard or T. Rowe, and it's through them because they're a qualified custodian. So this way, if your company goes bankrupt, your money's still safe. If you, again, 401k, you put it in, it's going to be through whoever, you're going to get a list of mutual funds that you can buy. And you can invest in them. And you don't pay sales charges. So that kind of negates that problem. They have a thing called iShares. Mutual funds have iShares that are specifically for pension plans and big companies to invest with them. And there's a lot of a lot of companies are just kind of going to them, the mutual funds. So you put the money in, it grows tax deferred, and then you take it out. You can control where it goes. Now, again, if you would pull it out early, penalty, okay, she'll never talk to you again. Um, but also, you can, but the other thing is, instead of withdrawing it, you can borrow against it. There's certain numbers you can borrow against, but now when you pay it back, it has to be paid back through payroll deduction. But if you need money now for certain things, you can withdraw it. Now, remember, your money doesn't grow. There's no penalties. You pay interest. There's no penalties on it. But remember, the money you take out is now not growing, so it's going to slow down your path to here. Okay, so say you're a, and I'm just ranting on this. I'm trying to just go off and try to give you what you need without getting into the details, because there are books you can read for this, right? On Again, crooked. There are books you can, the books, STC, Kaplan, Achievable, Notman, Best Perfect, they all cover this. I'm just giving you an overview, so when you read it, it's not just like freaking Greek, okay? Now, if you're not a big company, maybe you do a simple. A simple is like a smaller 401k up to 100 people. If you're a really small company, you can do a SEP IRA or a Keo. Now, the thing about the SEP IRA or Keo, you can put a lot in. You can put like, I don't know, like I think it's like 60,000. It's like 25. I don't know the numbers because I'm not going to put numbers here because it changes. But you can put like 25% of your income up to a number. But think about this. We're a small company, me, me, me my tuner company. I have three employees, uh, maybe more. But if I put in money for myself, if I put like 10% of my income into a plan, I have to put 10% as the owner into their plan also. 10% of theirs, not my salary, 
10% of their salary. There is a cap salary. I don't think it's testable, so we're not going to waste your time with it. But there's a limit to like if I make a million dollars and I put in, you know, you know, 50 grand, they're not going to say it's 5% of a million. It's going to be 5% of a lower salary. So I don't screw people over. Again, not really testable. But you can put a lot in. Again, pre-tax, deductions, all that stuff. SEP IRA, SEP IRA and Keel, very similar. They're for self-employed. They're for small companies, very, very small companies. But whatever I put in for myself, I have to put in for my employee also. Profit sharing is when the company takes some percentage of their profits and they are they are allowed to choose whatever method they want, share their profits and contribute for the employee's retirement. There's no, um, the, this is the one where the employees don't put any money in, okay? Kind of like an ESOP, but profit sharing is where the company decides what what percentage and what formula they're going to use to contribute. This is, is a qualified plan. The money goes in pre-tax, and you pay tax when you leave, when you're older. Again, the comp, the employees do not put anything in for this. Then we have an ESOP plan, but that's employee stock ownership where they set up a trust. And basically, the trust buys shares of the company and gives it to the employees. Again, so two things. Profit sharing and ESOP did not cost the, the employees any money. They just get it, okay? Then we have a 403B. That's for nonprofits and teachers. It's qualified usually. They sometimes call it a tax-qualified annuity, annuity, stuff like that. Now let's jump into the non-qualified. Okay, non-qualified means it's not sponsored by a corporation. Okay, so it's not covered under ERISA. Qualified is covered under ERISA. A corporation sponsors it, sets it up, all that stuff. Non-qualified is not. So, like, I'm going to start with a variable annuity. I'm not going to talk about it. I have a video here I'm going to put up right here. That's the variable annuity video. Go watch that, and you're going to be good. Jumping on. Let's keep moving. Now, a deferred comp. I put it in the non-qualified side, but it can be in both, okay? It, it could, they can set it up. There's a lot of rules that they can set up and do whatever they want. A deferred comp, they can, again, set it up as qualifying or non-qualifying. But either way. The money gets taken uh, out of the employee's paycheck and put in for a later date, okay? If it's non-qualified, here's the problem. So you take the paycheck, some of your pay, you defer it to later. They can take it out later. Usually it's deferred to retirement. But I've seen somewhere, and it worked, where they do the old defer comp. They take a portion of your bonus and hide it for three years, and then you get it back then. It's got golden handcuffs, right? So if you, like, when I was at one firm, if anyone got over a bonus over 100 grand, a third of it went into this plan, I don't know if it's exactly the same, but it's the idea. And you didn't get it for three years. So if you left, you lost it. And that's what happens with deferred comp. They can set it up where you can get it, or they set it up where if you leave early, you don't get it. If you leave before retirement, you lose that money. So there's two choices. They can have it, and you can you if you leave early, you don't get it. Or if you if you leave, you get a lump sum, which means you have to pay taxes on that, which sucks. Okay, but again, you're getting a check. It's better than never getting it. So that's the thing with deferred comp, a non-qualified plan. It's held at the company. So the company, if the company goes bankrupt, you lose your money. It's subject to the creditors. If you leave early, you may lose it. So the example I always talk about is I had one of my students, and trust me, he's fine. He has three freaking houses in Miami. This isn't Miami, but I'm going to say it is. Um, he had, and what happened was in the 80s, he started with, he put a deferred comp, non-qualified plan. He's putting money in in the 80s. And right around 2006, he had about, I think he said $6.4 million in the account. Again, crooked shit. My, my ear must be lower than the other one. Who knows? Um, he had $6.4 million in his account. It was at Lehman. 
lost every penny. He actually was in court until 2020, 2021, trying to, I guess it was 2000, end of 2020. The court said, no, it's their creditors. They lost all of it. He lost everything. Yes, he's fine. He has, like I said, he has a lot of money, but he did lose $6 million because when that money is, and that reminded me, and it made me a good story for this, right? So that money is held by the company. And he even said, if they had just sent it to Fidelity, it would have been fine. But it didn't. It went right. It was at Lehman. They went bankrupt. He lost all his money. Um, let's talk about, I can throw out a Roth versus IRA. We'll put that up here. I talk about that. I have another video. I'll put it up here. We have a 457 plan. That's for government or nonprofits. And the good thing, and that's a non-qualified plan. There's a, so they have they don't have to follow ERISA. You can actually take your money out early out of a 457. So let's make a high-level recap, okay? Qualified, sponsored by ERISA. You can't discriminate, all that stuff. It goes in pre-tax. It grows tax-deferred. You pay taxes on everything when you take it out at ordinary income. Non-qualified, the money, sometimes the money goes in after tax, grows tax-deferred, and then you only pay tax on the growth portion, okay? So again, that's not always the case, but that's if it's a non-deductible. So non-qualified usually means non-deductible, but kind of open your head up that they could be trying to trick you sometimes. Qualified, pre-tax, you pay tax on everything when you take it out. Non-qualified plans like the annuity, which I have the video that I showed, you put it in after tax, it grows tax deferred, and then you take it out um, after 59 and a half totally, and you only pay tax on the growth portion. Now also, non-qualified plans, when the money comes out, it comes out what they call LIFO, which is last in, first out. So if I put in 20 grand here and it grows to 100, and I start taking the money out, I start at the 100 and work my way back. So the first 80 I take out will be considered income, and I pay tax on that at ordinary income. And if it's in the last 20, it'll be a return of principal. I don't pay taxes on it. Guys, I hope I helped you a little bit. Again, high level, quick and dirty. Oh, I should call it that. I'll call it my retirement rant. Um, quick and dirty, just talking about retirement so you get an overview. Please read. Don't rely on videos. Nobody, None of these videos are a replacement for reading. I promise you. Guys, go wash your hands. Check me out every Tuesday and Thursday, 8.30 p.m. on live. Also, I got a new membership thing. You won't see this, but go check it out. Every week I do options. Just join, go on the membership. There's a membership Zoom class. You'll see the price. And every Sunday night, we're going to do, um, we're going to do option classes. Boom. Love it. Talk to you all later. Wash your hands.